0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: The Unholy Trinity podcast Three Blues Three Opinions One Everton podcast
0: Welcome to episode 101 of The Unholy Trinity podcast brought to you in association with Sport Social, the UK's only dedicated sport podcast network, and also Fanatics, our retail partner. Uh, delighted to say that it's just the sea of us this week, uh, which is a little bit unusual. Uh, but we're, we couldn't get anyone on because Ever- Everton got beat. That's uh, probably the reason the reason behind it. Uh, got a few knockbacks this week because because it's it's hard to discuss. But we're going to dive straight in. Obviously, we've we've suffered our our first defeat of the of the season. Um first defeat for the new manager as well against Aston Villa. 3-0 scoreline, which certainly at our time you you wouldn't have predicted that. Um but but Pete was it was it just a case of the the injuries we had that were announced you know just before kickoff to, to three major players and the lack of squad depth. Was it just a case of that that catching up with us against a, a really energetic Aston Villa side?
1: I mean, I think it's easy to say, but for me, absolutely hundred percent. And I think what I'd say is, you know, when I saw that team sheet, and I think a lot of Evertonians probably would have felt similar, no Coleman, no Richarlison, no Pickford, couldn't even fill the bench. You know, I was really thinking the worst, you know, for this game, but for me, 60 minutes, we were the better team. I thought we, we used the ball better. I thought we had, you know, slightly better chances. I thought we looked more, the, the more likely side. Um, and that, that for me, is a key difference because, you know, even under An- Ancelotti, a lot of the games we lost were quite abject. You know, there were times that we lost games and we just looked awful, you know, we terrible football to watch. And, you know, yeah, we, we got beat 3-0. Um, but for me, that scoreline in no way reflected how well we played for the majority of the game. I think once that first goal went in, the wheels fell off a little bit. Momentum was with Villa, they were flying high, you know, home crowd. Um, And I think we probably didn't have a lot either on the pitch or on the bench to help us get a foot back in the game. But no, I absolutely do think it was sadly down to, to injuries and legs. And, you know, the fact we had to take Rondon off after 60 minutes, probably because of his, his fitness and our little football he's played. Um, I think it's just one of them that that we've got to take. But the, the positive for me is we are starting to look like a side with the system again. And I think the positive to that is when new players come in, they can do a job. We're no longer, I know it's very, very early days, we've got to be careful not to get carried away. But for me, we're seeing the early shoots of green that we're no longer as reliant on individuals anymore um that you know when key players are missing new people can come in and try and fill in so yeah for me it's down to personnel but i think there's lots of positives we can take from from the game despite the result
0: i think i think you're certainly right there in terms of you know the the system that we played is you know we've seen it quite often this season um i think rondon going off it was always going to happen um, and and it was probably it was probably for me the key moments in the game i think if rondon stays on and we have a, a focal point up front then i think i think we can if we could have continued doing what we were doing and have someone who's big strong physical because i thought on the whole a few chances yet that maybe if don was there a that little bit quicker maybe a bit fresher he might you might have put the ball on the back of the net but i thought his hold up play was was good um you know he's he's a big big strong lad and then taking them off and then playing a wobe essentially was what was probably one of the the key factors in in the game really changing momentum. I mean, it was it was end to end. Uh, we were saying that last time. I mean, I come to you because you were saying about how key the, the first goal was going to be, and um, and that was an easy thing to say, and we, we we say it quite often. But one thing that you were keen to mention was the fact that if you look at the Villa bench, so take out out of the equation our bench we only had eight players on the bench, for example. And it was limited in terms of the impact that those players could probably have. The Villa bench was was very, very strong. And in the end, that was the thing, wasn't it, that, that got Villa over the line?
2: Yeah, massively so, mate. I think we always say first goal a lot, obviously, and it is important. And, you know, you only have to look at the stats to see that in the Premier League, didn't it? Most teams that score the first goal go on to win the game. But it became more and more apparent in the game. You could see the game was played with a lot of high energy from both sides both sides. Obviously, Villa have been criticised early doors this season of not looking very fit. I know they had quite a protracted pre-season, didn't they, in terms of getting uh, fixtures cancelled with COVID. And they didn't look a great team early doors. Um And to be honest, I didn't think they looked that great against us. I mean, if you, if you put it in context, you know, Villa have spent, what, roughly about 300 million in the last few years, you know I mean, on, on players. You know, they've invested heavily in the club. And if you consider the players we had out, like Pete was alluding to there, you know, and not just like you know, the odd player here and there, it was key players. You know, probably our main well, it is our main two goal scoring threats. Um were out the side and um as well as our captain as well and our, our only right back. Um so for me, yeah, it was um it was it was a tail of the bench then because I thought if we could nick a goal and obviously Gray was very close to scoring just before they scored, if we could have nicked the goal there, I would have fancied us then. Um but once they got one and then obviously one straight after it was almost like the reverse of the Burnley game, wasn't it? I mean that second goal. I mean Luke Luke's fault at fault for the first one. He's lost his man a little bit. He showed a bit more strength, and he's it's it's a finish from Matty Cash. I mean what we do for Matty Cash, a right back by the way, that's been a good signing for them. He took the goal very well with his weak foot, and then obviously it's compounded two minutes later when it you know that own goal. You can't really blame him for that to be honest, because it's one of those in it. He's got under the ball, and uh, it's a bit unlucky, but. Yeah, I mean, Bailey's come on. I mean, it had to be Bailey, didn't it? We said that, might before the game. It had to be Leon Bailey. I mean, um, you know, he came on literally for a 20-minute cameo because he had to go off injured. And he, you know, effectively come off with an assist and a goal. Um, and it was the difference of the benches. I mean, if you look at Villa's bench, you know, I was looking at it before the game, you know, that was arguably their strongest side. They also had Bailey on there, like we talked about. Bernard Traore, he's not a bad player. Um, you know, Buendia didn't even come on. You know, and they paid a lot of money for him. I know, obviously, he's just come back from COVID. El Ghazi, you know, who scored a wonder goal against us last season, didn't he? You know, so you know, look at that bench. It's it's not a bad bench when you compare it to ours, where, you know, arguably with the key players we had out, you know, what sort of threat will we be able to bring off the bench to actually affect the game? And I just thought the longer it stayed nil-nil, and then bring you know, bring bringing that sort of quality off the bench, I thought that might be the difference, and that proves to be the case. So. It's just frustrating, really frustrating, because you know it was a game that, like I said, if we'd just nicked that first goal, I, th- I felt we could have taken it. If you look at the stats, and only know you guys have looked over them, but if you look at the XG, the XG on both sides were very, very similar. So Everton's in the game was, um, if you look at overall, there's I think point what was it point seven six, and Villa's was 0.78. so it wasn't too far off at all. And Villa had three shots on target, and you know scored with all three goals, including one of them an OG. So um from that perspective, you know it's one of those games where they've basically scored with every shot they've had um, on target that is so um it's just it's just mega frustrating really, mega frustrating because I, I don't think this Villa team, despite the quality they've brought in, I think our best 11. Arguably, would, would would beat their best eleven. I don't know what you think.
0: Yeah, I think you know. It was, we're looking at um, the training footage from Friday, and we obviously we knew we knew Dom was injured, so we knew we weren't going to go into the game with Dom. Um, I think, I mean, it's it's proven. I know we, we won won the Burnley game, but for for a large portion of that game, we weren't particularly good. I think it shows you how pivotal Dom is to to our side. Um, and he's so hard to to replace. And again, that that's that's no slight on on Rondon. Like I said before, I think he came in and did a decent job. He's clearly not match fit. He's played about fifteen minutes since since May, uh, had little or no preseason. Um, so it's tough. It's tough for him to come in and, and be asked to do such a big job uh, against a difficult side. Uh, you know he's away at Villa Park, as I said earlier on, energetic side in Aston Villa as well. So that was that was tough for him. But I think I think our best 11, you know, what we've seen this season, we, we more than match Aston Villa and, and for me, you know, should have should be should be beaten uh, an Aston Villa side. But even without Calvert Lewin, we would have had Rich Arlison, uh, we would have had Seamus Coleman, who I think's been excellent so far this season. Obviously Jordan Pickford, you know, as much as Begovic, Begovic is a solid keeper, I think having Pickford there, I always have more confidence when you're number one plays, and Pickford is certainly up this game in the last sort of nine months or so as you said on previous podcasts so yeah to game that you know on paper with our best sides we we'd, we'd certainly matched them and, and and should be beating them but i think before the game the, our conversation was very much around it. we come away with a point today with that squad with so many i mean i, I counted seven first team players who would make the squad who were not available you know and when you look at the quality that 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 uh, wasn't available so you've got jordan Pickford uh, Seamus Coleman um Calvert Lewin, Richard Charlison, Gabaman, again, there's no confirmation on, on what was up with Gabamin. Uh, Fabian Delph, again, we, we know why he's out, but he still he's still a first team player. Um and obviously Hamas Rodriguez, who we're gonna come on to discuss shortly, there's there's massive, massive quality within those players that would, would make a big, big difference to that, to that side. So when when we look at the bench yesterday, with with it only eight out of the out of nine substitutes available. You're thinking to yourself, if we go behind, what can we actually do? In terms of what, what you know, the players on the bench, with all due respect to them, you know, the quality just wasn't there to change to change the game, and that's where the game was was won and lost. It's 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 that simple, really. Uh, a crazy nine minutes, um, you know, to, to concede three in nine minutes is, is certainly not not a good not a good stat. But one player we have to discuss from yesterday's game because he's getting a lot of stick at the moment, and I think it's only right like that we 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 discuss him. Is is uh, Lucas Dean. Now he was getting stick, I think, before what he was before this game over the last few weeks. People say he's not at the level that he was. Um, you know, he, he probably played his best football in his first 12, 18 months for the club. Um obviously yesterday he scored no goal. Whether that can go down as a mistake, because it's it's an instinct, isn't it? You know, the ball's absolutely ripped in, he's just gone up, it's touched him, it's gone in. The first goal was a mistake, wasn't it? And you know, at the do we feel, you know, what, what do you think, Pete, about, about Lucas Dean? Do, do you think that the criticism from fans is is justified or or do you think people are, are over, overreacting because, you know, sometimes people go a little bit too far because we know his quality, we you know what he can do?
1: I mean, for me, I felt he was um, he was at fault, at fault for two of the goals yesterday. Um, you know, especially the one where... Cash sort of just gets gets the other side of him. It was far far too easy for him to to cut in, um, and the one at the, the one at the near post. I mean, people might disagree with me, but for me, if you're playing that zonal system, if you get ahead on it, I mean, look, it, it, it's unfortunate, but I, I don't know. You know what's you know what what's a what a player of his height doing in that position. You know, sort of guarding the front post. That that to me that that to me seems a bit strange. So, but you know, look, <sighs> defending isn't his strength. He's he's an attacking fullback. You know, we we know what he can do from wide positions in terms of the quality of the the crosses he puts in. Um, at the moment, he's probably our sort of key set piece taker. Um, although. In the game yesterday, it was mainly sort of Townsend and Gray on corners, and I suppose you could think probably the main reason for that was the counter attack threat, Um, and that was probably set up more so with a again a defensive focus in mind. I do think some of the criticism he's coming in for is a little bit unfair, but you know, then at the same time, it does make for me makes quite a few high profile mistakes defensively, and I think that's where he gets found out. Um, and I think at times teams do target him. I think teams look to uh, to play difficult balls over the top or look to sort of play in between him and the center half because he can be liable to switch off a little bit sometimes. Um, but then you know, look at what he gives you going forward. And I, I think it's difficult to, you know, think of a player that plays full back that can do both things amazingly well. You know, in general, either you have an attacking fullback or you have someone that plays in a flat back four. Um, I don't think we get we, we get these sort of wonder players that are amazing defenders and amazing attackers. So I think a lot of it's about the the type of football the team plays. Um, and it, it does look like Rafa is trying to get the most out of his attacking play. So in the game yesterday, both um, Decore and Alan, Alan in particular, would fill in when Dean was sort of higher up the pitch, almost as like a a sort of a false left back. And then the players would look to sort of cut back into the middle when he's back into position. So, you know, you could view some of it as teething problems as well. You know, yet another new manager um, and, you know, new system to to get used to. And perhaps a system where he's going to get found out a little bit more often because teams are going to look on the break to try and get him behind him. So I think fans have to take it as usual with a, a big pinch of salt, but I do think he could improve some of his defensive play, but is that the kind of player he is? I don't think so.
2: I think um I think I think his Rafa's asked him to do a slightly different job under us. I think if you look at his last two seasons, he's had I think it's nine assists and eight assists in the last two seasons in the Premier League. For a full back, that's excellent. You know, that's like Bain's peak level. Do you know what I mean? And I think with us having wingers now, you know, in Grey in Townsend mainly, um, I think his role's been has to be slightly different for us in the fact that um maybe you are he is asking not to bomb forward as much. I think we were quite one dimensional last year with no wingers effectively and him playing at left back and he was you know, he was he was just one of our most creative outlets, wasn't he? He was almost playing like a winger come full back. I think now um, he's being asked to sort of maybe take a bit more consideration of his defensive usage. I think Rafa being what Rafa is, you know, known for being very, very uh, astute defensively, tactically. um, I could see him spotting someone like Luca and going, look, you're fantastic going forward, mate. I'm going to work with you now to try and improve you defensively to make you an all-round fullback. Um, Obviously, look, that's going to take a bit of time. It's not going to happen overnight. But um you can see from, from, from the sort of stats, he's definitely not putting in as many crosses, not putting in as many balls from open play as he was um in the last couple of seasons. And I think that's that's definitely down to the fact now we are playing obviously, like I said, with more more and more out and out wingers. Um but look Luca, you know, he, like you said, Pete, he's definitely at fault for that first one. The lads still had a lot to do. He still had a lot to do from there and he's took it well second one it's a weird one like I said it's one of those you know it's whipped in with such pace it's a quality delivery um and he's just got under it you know just got in it and it's it's one of those I mean I, I didn't see the images or see see the footage I don't know whether Begovic should be screaming for it there because you know otherwise it's potentially going straight into his hands and at least for him to tip it over um and he's obviously tried to head it and got underneath it so Game over, then it's game over at that point with the players we had on the pitch. I mean, the Rondon situation, Mike, you mentioned that. I mean, if you were to ask Rafa, he, he, he wants to bleed him in slowly, doesn't it, play half an hour here. Maybe there's no way he would want him coming from the Chinese league to suddenly be expected to play more than 60 minutes after a couple of you know, what's he had like a week or so training, maybe a bit longer? Mm. Um, so you know, it's that's a massive ask. To ask I know I know it's a lot of fans were giving him a lot of stick on Twitter yesterday saying he's like, you know, a lump and he can't run. And all. I mean, like, you're asking someone to come into the speed of the Premier League. I know he's played in it before so he's aware of it, but it takes a lot of time to get your fitness up to that level, you know, to be able to run for that length of time and obviously, you know, not be completely gassing. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, you know, whilst he's not calvert and we know that um, and Duncan's come out and said that, didn't he, in an interview with Baz the other day, didn't he, he said that, you know he's a good player and he's a good backup to Dominic, but he's not Dominic. And we know that, cause he, you know, Dominic offers pace as well as aerial threat. So, um, so let's, let, let's take this result with a pinch of salt. It's a bit of a reality check. Uh, one thing I wanted to say as well, though, which is what affected us exactly the same last season. We get a few key injuries and in key to key plays in that squad. And, and we just fall off a cliff in terms of quality. We really do. We just fall off a cliff. Um, I was looking, you know, at West Ham's bench in the week when they played in Europe. You know, they had a really strong bench. Even Leicester today, you know, Leicester today on the bench, Nacho, Daka, and Luckman. You know, what I mean, I mean, they're three players that would arguably get into our team. You know, what I mean, so and that's their bench. So that shows you. I know they've invested well the last couple of years. West Ham have invested well the last couple of years. Uh, you would say squad-wise, like I said before, squad-wise they have better squads than us. In terms of depth, but well, I would say our first 11s are probably more comparable. But you know that leaves us open to this scenario, doesn't it, where we where we lose key players and then all of a sudden our quality, like I said, drops off a cliff.
0: I think I think. I mean, we all said, didn't we? You know, after the uh, the summer transfer window when we last spoke, we we said that at some point in the season, you know, we get a few injuries. It's going to cost us, and that'll show our squad up a little bit. Um, we didn't think it had happened. What six games into the season? That's that's the that's a thing, really, isn't it? For it to happen so soon, and for us to be so unfortunate with with injuries, and not not just injuries of affecting players, but the ones I've mentioned earlier on. You know, whether it's Pickford, Coleman, Richardson, and Calvert-Lewin, those four in particular, those four would start week in, week out. You've got your two top goal scorers. You've got your number one goalkeeper, and you've got your captain all injured at the same time. Plus, then you've got thrown throw into the mix two centre midfielders, in Ingbabman and Delft, and they would obviously add quality to the to the squad. And then, obviously, Hammers or who's sitting there and, and hasn't made the appearance yet. So that's a lot of people to be out at the same time. And 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 you know that's any side to try and manage with with the, that number of first team players and that and that amount of quality out. Uh, for for the same game, and I think you know, with a bit of a forward look now, we know we know Dom's going to be out for probably two to three weeks. Richarlison Similar um, and you know they they too massive Misses Jordan Pickford potentially, you know, back in 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 less than two to three weeks. Sheamus obviously came back from international duty with a bit of a bit of a twinge. Played against Burnley. But then obviously pulled off on on Friday and Saturday, so again that could be another couple of weeks. So all these things, you know, in the shorter term now, with two games in the next week, could really really impact ourselves um, and and make things that little bit more difficult. And it's, it's going to be it's going to be a, a big a big ask, I think, this week for the players we have got available to to play. You know, two games in, in the next what five to six days. I think it's a really really big ask, and we we're probably going to be seeing quite a few youngsters drafted in to at least fill up, fill up the bench. Um, one thing I wanted to mention. Before we, we, we move forward to, to discuss how much we get is, is Richie Arsene. We haven't done a podcast since the Burnley game. Uh, I had a, I spoke to a, with Phil, Phil Haywood on Twisted Spaces on Friday, which was, which was quite good, something a little bit different, And so we, we discussed Burnley. Uh, but you look now at that tackle from. Tarkovsky, and you look at Burnley's tactics all game, by the way, because I thought they were an absolute disgrace in terms of how they went about the physicality of their play. And the tackle on, on Richie Allison. I've I've seen numerous people, Evertonians as well, who who were on board with the tackle and said, that, you know, if that was Ben Godfrey doing that, we'd all be off our seats, this, that and the other. But the point is, whether people would be off the seats or not, that kind of tackle is not allowed in the modern game. And Strikes of Carragher and Neville were saying on um during the week, that kind of tackle is not was not being allowed 20 years ago either. So people have got to realise that, you know, as much as we, we want to see a lighter touch from referees, I think we saw it again against Villa, to be fair. The when, when Gray was pulled back, it was clearly a pullback. He was going to go through one on one with the goalkeeper and was pulled back by by Conso, wasn't it? That was you know, that was let go. I think this light, light touch approach is is causing more harm than good, and as the weeks have gone on, I think it started pretty well. And it's gone, it's it's just gone backwards for me. And the, there's this allowing a bit of physicality, and it's allowing physicality. And I think what we've seen with with Tarkowski there, I thought it was an appalling tackle. I thought he was lucky to stay on the pitch because his follow through was a thing with did Richard Allison, because he's coming, he's coming with intent. It happened all game. He came flying in. To, to leave one on him, in my opinion, by by the way he, that that second foot came through, and people now will be trying it with missing the charge for seems to be three weeks. But that is that is the the impact and the effect of that kind of tackle, and it's such a shame for us that you know we've got him Pickford apparently was feeling the, the effects of of uh, was a Chris Wood, the, the Burnley striker was was apparently on a more game from set pieces and things like that. Hence why he's got a shoulder injury and. You know, I think the referees need to be very, very careful uh, and ensure that they're keeping things the the right side of the line. Because at the moment, I know we, we can cry about it because it's our team, but we are suffering from from that. And and from my opinion, the referees getting it wrong. Because I, I thought I thought in the burning game, the referee was poor, um, and I thought yesterday at the times the referee was was letting letting too much go uh, to the detriment of our play. And, it's, it's not ideal, and now we're, we're missing, you know, our, one of our best players in this and for the next two to three weeks. Um, and, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a struggle. Um, it's, a
2: fine, it's a fine balance, Mike. I agree with that. I, I'm all for, you know, the game being less stop-start, because it has been stop-start. And, it, you know, up until this season, they've clearly been told, look, just try and let the game flow as possible. And then for me, the best referees in Europe, and when you watch the World Cups, they are the best referees that get, you know, they're the ones that get the big jobs, the finals and everything else, because they, you know, they manage, you know, sorry, the ref with authority, but they also let the games go at the right times. And I think, you know, the Premier League, for me, this season has benefited from that. It has been less stop start. But there's also common sense that's got to come into it as well. You know, Atkinson against us the other day was absolutely disgrace. He was shocking again today, United West Ham as well, with some of the decisions. So they still need to weed out some of the uh, some of the poor referees, because they, you know we've got too many of them. You know, for what is the best league in the world? You know, they should have for me the best referees in the world to go along with it as well, or certainly up there. Um, and some of them, yeah, you know, you don't want to be sour grapes because ultimately, you know, after 60 minutes, Villa, you know, probably did deserve to win the game from that, that that standpoint with with that quality off the bench, like I said. But that there's key moments in games, and you just mentioned the one there with with, with Gray when he's pulled back. If you watch that. And that's why we have VAR. He's got the wrong side of him. He spun him there, and 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 he and he's in. He's in. He's actually in, and he? he's in on goal. Especially with his pace, he's only going to pull away, and he's got a shot on goal. How on earth is that not being checked? That, or if it is checked, how's that not being picked up? Because the defenders panicked because he's gone right. He spun me, and then he's probably panicked, thinking, "Well, I'm not going to get there either." So he just—it's—it's it's a grab. He's grabbed him. He's got him around the waist. He's got him on the shirt. And, you know, it is a physical game. Obviously, we understand that. But he's blatantly cheated there to stop him. And, and it's just being waved off. And, you know, those are the sort of things that, like, you know, that that gets pulled up. The lad gets booked, you know, or Gray goes through uh, uh, one-on-one and slots it in one-nil up. So, it's, it's, yeah, it's a fine balance between the two. But we'll, you know, we don't want to be sour grapes. We've had a good start to the season. There was a massive overreaction on Twitter yesterday for me. Um, you know, obviously, look, its only a small microcosm of, of, of us as a fan base, but it obviously does. You know, it's not great to see sometimes. You know, Benitez is a good start. We've got a good winnable game against Norwich next week. They've not started the season well. You know, even with key players out, we should have enough quality to beat them. Um, for me, the QPR game in the week—you know, away from home—certainly, well, it's going to be a night game. It's going to be raucous. I think that's the harder game. That's the harder game to win for me out of the next two games. Um, and then hopefully, when by the time we come round to United, hopefully we'll have Calvert-Lewin, certainly around the fringes, possibly even with Charleston, although I have a feeling they're probably going to be after the international break now. So we need to bounce back next week. Um, it's key. It's key. It's a winnable game. Um, and, you know, theoretically, like I said, even with that team we put out against Villa, we should have enough to, 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 beat, to beat Norwich, who've not been great this season.
0: Yeah, of course, it's a busy, a busy week ahead, um, for us with it, with a, a slim down squad, uh, by all accounts. But one player who, who we thought might be available, who we haven't seen yet for whatever reason, is is Howard Rodriguez, and we're going to discuss him after this short break. Welcome back, City on Holy Trinity podcast, where you're just going to pick up a. On a a quick have a quick chat about Hammers Rodriguez. Uh, as mentioned in the first party, he wasn't part of the, the squad against Villa. We we haven't seen him um on the pitch for Everton so far this season. We've seen him on Twitch, though. Um we've all got a Twitch account now to, to check in with him on a on a weekly basis. But he featured heavily didn't he this week in terms of the the social media coverage I thought. Uh, said to you it was a Friday I think I sent a message and said I think I can see him being part of the squad um he was he was saying with the first team i know he, he has been saying with the first team but he was pictured loads of photographs loads of footage as well from training you know laughing joking smiling you know i think i think the club almost made uh, a big thing of him training with the first team this week and i thought hmm, maybe that's a positive sign but we're going to see him in the squad against villa and obviously it wasn't to be he went into the game with with eight substitutes and you know on on social media there was a lot a lot of uh eyebrows raised in the direction of the manager, a lot of people thinking that there's the agenda that he he might have against Hammes is is creeping in um you know is is he, is he being stubborn and you know as i say we, we've not seen him and, and a player of that quality obviously we we can't afford when we've got so many injuries not to have him in and around the squad now, like I said, the initial reaction was. You know, I can't believe we're going into a game with eight substitutes, and and Hammes is not even mentioned. Not on the bench. There's no word that he's injured and and what have you. Now, at the end of the game, the manager did clarify that he said it was the player who didn't feel hundred percent comfortable um, actually being part of of the squad, hence why why he wasn't named in the squad. And and I think I think this discussion, it basically it depends what side you're on and and who you want to believe. Um, and I don't think it's probably for us to sort of say, "Well, I believe the manager. I'm on the side of the player." There is an agenda. There's not an agenda. The player doesn't want to play. You know, I think what the discussion really is should be or should be about is, in the short term now, we've got what three months or so until the the January title, three and a half months till the January transfer window opens, and potentially Hammers might move then. What what should his role be? in that squad, and Leal, I'll come to you first on that you know, can we really afford to have a £200,000 a week player you know, saving all week and then not being involved with the first team squad on match day?
2: Well I think, I think that's a rhetorical question anyway, I think we know the answer to that Um, no is the short answer, we can't and especially with so many key players out, we can't even more so Um, I'm just praying to God, I know what you boys think, I'm just praying to God that um it's not a typical Benitez being stubborn here and standing his ground, because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, what, Hammers now has completely, for me, split the fan base down the middle. I would say the majority would have been in favour of him before, obviously, some of his sort of comments on Twitch. And then obviously some people have seen the backsides about that. Doesn't bother me as much that really. He's well entitled to speak to people on, on that platform. The vast majority of people that follow him, one that anyway, a lot of his home, you know, his his is fellow Colombians and things of like that as well. Um, so, at the end of the day, for me, he's he's one of the, well, for me technically, he's the best player in the club. He's certainly one of the best players in the club, full stop. And you know, we need as much talent on that pitch as possible. I'm not saying yesterday. I know you slightly disagreed with me, Mike, when we spoke um, uh, about the game. I mean, they brought Bailey on, and changed the game. I'm not saying Hammers would have had the same effect. But his just his ability, and, and I know Pete will back me up on this, his set-piece delivery with that left foot, he's capable of putting in a ball on a sixpence on Yerimina's head. And that could be a goal. That could be the difference in, in those sort of games as well. So if we'd have had about 30 minutes to go there at nil nil, and they bring on Bailey and we bring on Hames, he's the sort of player that could do something, isn't he? He's the sort of player that can change a game with a moment of magic. And I just hope to God, like I said, um, that you know it, it is a slight niggle. Benitez did say, like you said there, Mike, in the post match, it was we felt. Notice the term we as well. We felt. It wasn't just as if like he felt, you know, uh, like pulled himself out of the squad. So the key terminology there is that he said we felt it wasn't worth taking the risk because he felt a little niggle in terms of muscle injury. Um so look, we he might come back into the squad for for the cup game, or certainly if he has known niggles in the week for Norwich. Um and I'd certainly fancy him against a Norwich team who've been absolutely defensively woeful this season. So, um, yeah, in answer to your question, we we, we need players of his quality, um, certainly uh, in the squad. And even now with the injuries we've got, you know, there's an argument to make that there's certain games like the Norwich game where he could possibly even start, where we're going to have probably most of the ball. Um, so... It's 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 a tricky one, isn't it? It really is, um, and it, like I said, it defied, it divides the fans right down the middle. Of this, um, but for me, he, he, is he going to get goals and assists if he stays fit? One hundred percent, yes, and he's shown that last season.
0: I, I, I agree. I mean, it's I, I'm not in, in the camp of you know all this this stuff on switch, and we all make a joke of it, and. Obviously he has been vocal about things and you know we had that time where it was in that today, didn't know we? we were playing on the Saturday and and what have you. And you know, all that kind of stuff. I don't think it's it's ideal, but you know, he hasn't gone anywhere. He didn't leave in the summer transfer window. Um you have gotta when you select your your best 18 players, you've got to select just that. Your best 18 players or that many is it nowadays gotta be on 20 players, sorry, for the match day squad. Um, that are available to you, and and obviously he's certainly, and that he's, you know, on paper he's our best player, you know, ability wise. Of course, of course he is. Um, and if he was in the right stream of mind or the right system, then he'd be one of the first names on on the team. She's there's there's clearly, there's, there's clearly something amiss for me, you know, whether it's to do with the, the manager and players relationship, um, you know, as I say, the the talk from the club is the the very sort of Diplomatic, aren't they? In terms of when we speak about it, you said there about, about the minds you're saying about. You know, we didn't think, and are want to if that really whether it's just the player has said he didn't want to play, and they're just being kind, or they have actually made a mutual decision? I think it's very, very strange that you're training all week, you're pictured heavily on the Friday, and then you're not seen on a, on a match day. It doesn't add up to me, to be perfectly honest. It's it's something which doesn't sit particularly particularly well. Um, again, we can't sit here and point fingers because we just don't know. We, we've all got our own opinions, and we, as I say, we you know people will be in the Hammers camp, people will be in the Manager's camp. Um, we didn't lose that game yesterday because Hammers wasn't in the squad. That's it's that simple. But he certainly should be in the squad if if we're paying him uh, a weekly wage and and he's training week in week out. But people, what are your thoughts? Do you think we're going to see Hammers before? The January transfer window. Uh, I'm, am I'm, I'm not overly convinced to be honest with you. I'm not. I don't sit here now thinking he's an Everton player to be perfectly honest because I think the way the more and more time goes on and the less and less we, you know, we see him anywhere near the squad on match day. I'm just not overly convinced he's going to be he's going to be playing for us before the uh, the January transfer window.
1: I'm, I'm trying my best not not to have a whinge, but it, it's already got the the feelers of not being handled particularly well. And in a weird way, if we don't see him before the January transfer window, I'll be a bit surprised based on how it's been handled so far. Because for me, if he's not going to play him, he just needs to come out and say, "Look, Hamas Rodriguez is not going to play for, again for Everton, and draw a line under it." Because until that's being said, you're going to have all this speculation. You're going to have, you know, fans divided. You're going to have people hoping to see him, or you know, trying to understand. You know, what's going on in terms of, you know, why he is or isn't in the squad or, you know, how much football he is or isn't getting. And I also think it, it puts Hammers in a difficult position and we, it probably brings the worst out in him because, you know, he's a global superstar. But I just don't think he's handled himself particularly well with, you know, some of the comments that he's, he's made on, you know, on social media or, you know, this sort of the Twitch platform. He doesn't it's not good for the club or the team and it doesn't make the club look good. And I don't think it helps his position. So all of this needs stamping out really. And, you know, everybody ends up trying to interpret the, you know, the comments after the game, um, you know, around, you know, what, well, you know, was this sort of, you know, Rafa's decision or was it Hammers or, you know, was it like a collaborative thing? And I, I just, I, I think there needs to be more of a transparent position taken on it. Um i'd look I'd love to see him play. Uh, but you know we've, ha- we've had a conversation on a previous pod. Does he fit into that system? Um, you know w- will he will he will he take a team role? Is he happy to do that? If not, is he happy to you know to sit on the bench and and play a bit part? i I don't think he would be. so it it feels really sensitive. Um, I think the difficult thing is when we've got injuries like, we had against Villa and you know we might struggle to put out a, a strong squad or even fill the bench if he is fit and available it's hard to justify those decisions and defend them if we're not winning games and sooner or later that's going to happen and i agree with you mike you know we, we didn't lose against villa because he wasn't on the bench but you know if we have several fixtures like that where we're drawing or losing games understandably fans are going to look a source of blame, and if you've got a player of Hammers Rodriguez's caliber who's fit and could be could be playing a role in the football game, people are going to latch onto that. So, I, th- I really think that the position needs clarifying either way. Um, I don't know what you lads think.
2: Yeah, well, Rafa, Rafa's leaving himself open for criticism here. You know, he's he started he started well. He's got most fans behind him. You know, because he started well. You know, There was a section of fans that were behind him anyway, but he started well. I think he's spoken well you know, in, in those press conferences and after-match and things like that. I think he's spoken honestly. I think he's spoken well. That'll win fans over as well because of how he speaks and how he comes across and what he says about the team. Um, but he leaves himself open for criticism for me there with things like this. Because, and unnecessarily as well. Do you know what I mean? Because he would have looked over his shoulder at 1-0 uh, before the second goal looked over shoulder at that bench and gone, probably puffed his cheeks out and gone, right, how many of those lads can come on and affect this game now? He, and he would have done, you know, because there wasn't any real sort of attacking quality on that bench uh, that you would say that would normally get in our first 11. Um, and, you know, if he looks over there and James has been asked to warm up and he comes on, like I said, we didn't lose the game, like you said, because he wasn't on the bench, but he could have come on and changed change, change something in the game at 0-0 or 1-0 or whatever. So. Yeah, it's 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 a weird one. The fact, you know, let's hope it is a slight niggle. And as I said, not just a little spat. Um, I don't know whether you guys saw the Colombian coach came out, didn't he, in the week, Rueda. He came out and um, said that Hammers, you know, he famously snubbed him, didn't he, uh, earlier in the summer uh, for the copper. And, um, you know, he's he's come out and said, look, Hammers needs to effectively... Work his way back into this Everton side. Maybe that maybe that's a kick up the backside the player needs a little bit, possibly as well. We don't know. Um he did mention something about his lifestyle as well. Um, you know, maybe that's alluding to something that we don't know as well. Maybe he sees himself more of a, a superstar outside the game than a player on the pitch. We don't know. Um, but look, as as it stands right now, because he didn't go on loan uh, in the window, he's our player. And if he's our player not only is, is he our player, sorry, he's one of our best players. So, he needs, he needs to get in, you know, get into that squad, work his way in. You know, we'll need him over the next couple of weeks. We, we 100% will. I mean, look at that game at Old Trafford. He influenced that game, didn't he? Last season. You know, he scored an absolute, absolute superb goal. There's not many players in our squad who could have finished that ball like not him the at Old Trafford.
0: same team though, are we?
2: That this, this is, is it? It.
1: We're not the same team anymore. We're not going to set up like that no, again? No.
2: Yeah, but Pete, but Pete, at the moment with those injuries out, you can easily tweak little things. You know, you could play a four-four-one-one and have Hammers behind the striker. You know, what I mean, you could easily play that. But I just think, you know, even if you need to change something off the bench, I just think, I just think he needs to have these options available to him. Um, you know, if in that game yesterday, for example, I would have much preferred to have Hammers Vigas coming on. No disrespect than Anthony Gordon. You know, what I mean, and that, and that, and that's the difference. You know, and, and if he is playing, if we are playing against United in a couple of weeks and it is the same players we've got available, you know, for me, he, he, if he is fit, he could potentially potentially be playing in that game just because of the quality he's got. It's the quality. Games are decided now on on moments, you know, tiny moments of quality, you know, and, and and that could be a set piece. You know, it could be a set piece. It could be a wonder pass. It could be, you know, a corner that's like, like, you know, whipped him, like I said, with, 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 with a great deal of pace on me and his head or something like that, you know so you know that that's what this lad brings so let's hope it's not a spat um and let's hope you know we do see him um uh, certainly in the squad as i said at, at a minimum at least
0: yeah i i you know i'm I'm definitely in the camp of wanting to see him uh you know but we've got to have we've got to have our best players available to us and you know Again, it's all speculation about whether the, the player's attitude is right, whether it's him pulling the strings and saying he doesn't want to play, like I said, whether it's the manager. We just don't know, and I don't think it's probably fair to speculate. But all I'd say is it, it's, a, it's an unwelcome distraction. And like you, like you said before, like the manager is leaving himself open to criticism. I and mean, we saw it yesterday, before, before a ball was even kicked, when we saw the um, the squad get off the bus and the video was released by the club, obviously then there was no Richardson, Coleman, uh, Pickford and clearly no Hamez. And straight away people are on his case. And I said to you on the phone the night before the game like yesterday, the only way that the manager avoids criticism now in this game is if we win it. So he won't he won't, he won't get away from the fact that Hamez wasn't picked in this squad if we lose this game now. And um, and that's where the, the unwelcome distraction comes in and the mind can really do without it but obviously you did come up after the game to to explain the the reasons why the player wasn't in the squad but i'm sick and tired now of of every single week waiting to see if he's if he's getting selected if he's getting picked um and th- there's too much there's too much of this i think it was it, it was ped from soppy tv yesterday he put something out about He's sick and tired of seeing all the, the divisions in the fan base because whether it's people are on the side of the manager, yeah, others aren't. Some people were waiting for that defeat yesterday, by the way. Some people couldn't mm. wait they were. They to, were, to yeah. call to call the manager out and, and criticise his tactics. But then, you know, the week before against Burnley, they were praising him, you know, for those the, the six minutes and the way that he changed the game. Um, you've got people who, who, who back Marcel Brands, people who don't, people who back certain players, people who don't, people who are in team Hammers Rodriguez and people are in the minds it's all just a nonsense for me you know we just need to be a collective as a fan base and just get on with it and that's why having this kind of situation doesn't help things um, and it's something which, which really like you said Pete probably needs to be addressed officially so we've got an official stance okay he's our player is he going to be available for selection yes then that's fine that's all that we need to know if he's not then there's a reason behind it because he's not fit it's, it's that simple. Let's not try and sit here and, and every single week try and pick the bones out of why Hamas Rodriguez is not in the squad. Because it's, it gets boring, doesn't it? It just gets boring. We all want to see him. If he's not playing because he's injured, fine. If that's the line, fine. But let's just try and be open and honest about it and not try and be speculating. That's that's probably the, the, the best way to put it, in my opinion. We'll know um, on Tuesday,
2: we'll, won't we? We'll know on Tuesday. Well, if it's not Tuesday, we'll certainly know by next weekend.
0: You would think so because we're, we're not going to see Richardson and Calvert loon for those two games. We, we don't think. Um, so you would think that we would know by by the Norwich game if if, if that's the case. Um, but let's see, let's see. Um, we, we are going to have a little look ahead actually at this week, the upcoming week, couple of games, League Cup first at Loftus Road on um on Tuesday, and then obviously we've got Norwich at home on Saturday. So we're we'll back after the short break. Welcome back to the final part of this week's Unholy Security podcast. We're going to have a look at the at the week ahead. Like we we mentioned just before the break, we've we've got a a shift to, to London uh, on Tuesday where we we play QPR in the uh, in the Carabao Cup, and we, we mentioned obviously the the injuries that we've got in the players who are unavailable as we as we know at the moment, and it's a game which is. Probably going to be a bit more tricky than we would have liked. We saw in the previous round against Huddersfield how tricky these sides can be, and it took a couple of a couple of substitutes to turn that game around. We haven't probably got that kind of squad depth available for the for the QPR game. Um, but what, what what do you think, Pete? Do you think we're going to see a few a few of the youngsters either get the nod from the off, or at least maybe see them on the bench? The likes of maybe. Lewis Dobbin, obviously Ellis Sims was involved against Aston Villa, Charlie Whisker. Those kind of players could it be a case of padding the squad out with them?
1: I'd be, I'd be surprised if any of those start. Um, I think Anthony Gordon might might get a start, and I hope I hope he does. Um, but I, yeah, I think Rafa will probably play it safe. I'd, I'd probably expect to see Keane and Mina at centre half, um, possibly Holgate in a right back. I'd be interested whether he plays Dean whether he rests Dean or goes with Godfrey at, at um a left back but I think it's games like this again where certain decisions will get called into question because a lot of fans will be thinking well is, is this an ideal game for someone like uh, Nkuku to you know to come in and get experience and also you know do a good attacking job at left back for for the side um you'd like to see top- a hard
0: job Pete, from uh, from Be uh, standard age.
1: But well, that's that's what I mean. We let him go out on loan, <laughs> didn't we? So I think that. A lot
0: of yeah.
2: fans yeah. that. Otherwise, that. he would have played. Yeah, yeah, he'd have played. Um, so yeah, if he if he rests Dean
1: and and you know goes with with Godfrey presumably Godfrey at, at, at left back, um, you know decisions like that come into question, don't they? Because we seem to have less squad depth. Um, you'd hope Tom Davies would come in and get a start. At, again, um, like he did against Huddersfield. We're not sure what the situation is with, with Gabamin. Um, but you, yeah, you worry for our, I suppose, our, our sort of first 11 players, you know. Town and Gray are already getting a, a lot of football, um, you know, under the belts. And although that's positive, it also brings injuries and fatigue. And I think I know we'll come on to Norwich. I think Norwich will really fancy it um, on Saturday. Um, and we've had a a couple of stinkers against them before haven't we so I think it'll be a tough game on Tuesday I I think you know already the manager was under a lot of scrutiny given the the circumstances under which he he took the job and just feels like that magnifying glass is hovering over him a bit more closely um, after the Villa game so hopefully we can just get the job done but he's got a few big calls to make and he's having to now sort of Stand against some of the decisions that have been made in the transfer window, and also in terms of managing, you know, key key players in the squad Hammers being being one of them, like we were just talking about.
0: I think I think the fullback situation is it's a really key point, isn't it? Because like we said then, we, we said that we when the window closed, we, we let uh, and Kufu went across to to Liege, which we thought was a strange decision based on the fact that there was not no one else because Thierry Small left the club as well. We've then got, obviously, Seamus Col- uh, Coleman injured. I don't think the manager quite fancies John Joe Kenny, given the fact that yesterday he was he didn't start the game when, when Coleman was injured and, and Ben Godfrey slotted in there. Um, so I think the fullback situation in these kind of games where the manager would look to to rotate rotate his side, it's going to be very really key because we're going to get ourselves into a position where the likes of Luca Dean, you know, is going to be getting fatigued because he's playing. You know, two games a week, and um, we haven't even got. You know, as mad as it might sound, Fabian Delph could slot in at left back, but he's out for it, and we it could be another three, four weeks with a, they have a dislocated shoulder. So we haven't got the players available who would normally come in in this kind of game to slot in. So to try and get the balance this, you know, on Tuesday against QPR with Saturday in mind is going to be really, really critical. Because you mentioned them, Pete, obviously Townsend and Gray played a lot of football already this season and it's become a bit of a, a reliance on, on those two in wide areas. Uh, we've got no Dominic Calvert lewin Can you really ask Rondon to, to play again on Tuesday after playing an hour against Villa? Um, clearly not much fit, but again, with Saturday in mind because Dom's not going to be fit for Saturday. So it's what do you do in that situation? Do you, do you say to Ellis Sims, who's been injured for, for a number of months, Oh, slot yourself in and give us, you know, fifty minutes, fifty-five minutes. Is he at the level to be able to do that? You know, do we do we know? We don't really know, do we? Because he had a good, you know, second half of the season at Blackpool was pivotal in their their push for promotion. Um, unfortunately, missed out on the playoff finals due to injury. But do we know we can cut it even at that level against the, a decent Championship side in QPR to to, to hold a line for us? It's, it's it's such a it's such a difficult game because of the lack of squad depth and it's it's difficult to know. Yet there be there's a few obvious changes, like you mentioned, Tom Davis will probably come in. I can see Holby coming coming in at right back, Andre Gomez maybe from, from the start, uh, playing in the in the the A right, bit more advanced role. Um but it's it, it's really difficult to think to to pick aside if it's Tuesday with Satya Man, isn't it? Lee?
2: Yeah, I'd I'd add Brand, Branthwaite to that list as well, by the way. I could see him possibly playing left back. Um and then obviously Holgate. I'd Holgate and I'd say you could probably go with Holgate and Godfrey maybe in the middle. Uh possibly. Um we'll wait and see how that plays out. Um or possibly Mina. Um but QPR, you know, Q, as I said, I think QPR will be the tougher game of the two. Um, you know, they, up until recently they were unbeaten until the last two games. And uh, they lost to Bristol City, didn't they at the weekend, the last kick of the game. Um, but if you look at the underlying stats of those games, um, they absolutely battered them, uh, Bournemouth. They lost 2-1 to Bournemouth, had nearly twice as many shots, and they had 26 shots at the weekend against Bristol. Um, so that tells you, you know, they're obviously an attacking side. Um, and they play, you know, well, they've certainly started the season very well. As I said, they were unbeaten up, up until very recently. So, um they'll be up for this. They'll definitely be up for this match, especially they'll be smelling blood with the fact that we won't have our, you know, certainly our best 11 out. Um, so we just got to hope, we just got to hope we, we go there and we see out that initial storm. Cause there will be an initial storm. And then we put in a professional performance. Um, you know, the last, the, the, the last fixture against Huddersfield again was a tricky tie. And, you know, we, we made it twice as tricky because we had, we had, we had 10 men, but, um, In the end, it was a professional performance. Uh, And people have short-term memories, you know I mean? Luca Dean came on and changed that game single-handedly. We went down to 10 men because he he actually got on the ball, controlled the pace of the game just by basically using his experience and using his technique. And just basically calmed us down, kept the ball, and then lo and behold, we scored a good winner. So, um, yeah, it'll be a tricky game. Um, The last thing we want to do is halt this momentum now, isn't it, after having a good start. So losing that game at the weekend and then getting knocked out the cup, um, so you, just, you know they're going to be all over it, aren't they? Uh, on on Sky, hoping for a banana skin. Um, so let's hope let's hope we can come through that uh, tie and skate. I'd fancy there's a lot more at home. I would do. I'd fancy there's a lot more at home. I think away will make it, as I said, uh, you know, very tricky in terms of having you know um, at Loftus Road having a full full night night game, full full crowd there. Um, and then we go into a obviously a Norwich game where you know as I said they've arguably been the worst team in the league so far. Um, and as I, as I said before, I, I'd us massively in that game, but on the back of two defeats, you're going in with a lot less confidence as a side, aren't you?
0: Yeah, you've hoped that we, we've got more than enough to to win the game against against QPR, even given the the current predicament that we find ourselves in. With the the injuries to so many first team players maybe you know we'll see the likes of uh, Kabaman back in the squad which is another body to, to throw in there um, hopefully fingers crossed hammers like we said already is available for the game um and you know it's only it's only two players but it gives us a, a much healthier outlook in terms of in terms of how the bench and how the squad actually actually looks for the game um but we, we'll discuss noise in a second because obviously the we haven't started the season particularly well um, but let's let's have let's have a little round of addictions if we can um, I'm going to go in first, I think we go through on penalties on Tuesday which is, uh, I'm sure the traveling thousands will be delighted to, to be stuck in London until 11 o'clock at night but I, I think it's going to be a tough a really tough game, I really do uh, and I think it'll be penalties that gets us through. Pete what are you saying for Tuesday?
2: I'm going to go with an optimistic 2-1 win Late. I'm inclined to agree. It's it's pens and it's no extra time, is it at all? I I, I think yeah, no, be, no extra time. Yeah. Hmm, I can see it being a score draw. I can see it being two two, and then we nick it on pens. Yeah.
0: So we all think it's going to be a tight game, and you know this is this is what happens when the the squad is the way it is, and it's and it is so so depleted. But fingers crossed, as you said, a couple couple of players back in. Um, and if not for, for Tuesday, let's hope we've got a couple of players back in for uh, the, the visit of, of Norwich City, who at the moment, obviously back in the Premier League, uh, finding things really, really difficult at the bottom of the table with, with no points from their opening five league games and a goal difference of minus 12. And The, the, the funny side, I think, we, we said it was under Marco Silva when the uh, the Kings of Goodison won 2-0. Won Early doors, and I remember sitting there that day in the main stand. You know, couldn't believe that we'd uh, that we'd lost lost that game. Um, and it's you know you can never ever take any game for granted, can you? With with any side in the Premier League, because on any given day, any side can can beat anyone. And whether it's Norwich, whether it's ourselves, Man United, what have you, it it can happen. And I don't think obviously Norwich. Are, the the greatest start to come up into the Premier League, they they do do quite often struggle, but they, they certainly I've got a few dangerous a few dangerous players available to them, um, and I'm hoping as I say I'm hoping we've got a couple more bodies back for that game. I'm hoping Hammers can be involved over the next the next week or so. Uh, if if fingers crossed, you know, Seamus Coleman can get himself back fit and and we're looking a little bit more healthier. I think we should we should win the game quite comfortably but momentum's really really key and like you mentioned Emily if we lose the game Tuesday after losing the game against Aston Villa that would start to creep into that the side's mind then and all, all the the good work that's been done in the early part of the season can almost be undone um on the back of of two losses but what, what how do you think it's how do you think it's it's going to go against Norwich do, do you still even if we go into that game with the same squad that we had against Aston Villa. Do you still think we're strong enough to, to beat them?
2: Yeah, I do. Yeah, as I said before, I think we do. Um, You know, they're not, they're not um, going to be in any sort of form coming into that game. I don't know whether Norwich is still in the League Cup. I think they are, aren't they? I think they went through against Bournemouth, didn't they? Um, they are. I'll
0: tell you now. Yeah, but they same Liverpool, Liverpool on Liverpool.
2: Tuesday. Oh, are they? OK, well, even better then. So... um <laughs> Uh, hopefully, hopefully, then uh, that 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 momentum of a losing run will continue because I think they did beat Bournemouth in the last round and then they've lost the Premier League game since. So, um, so yeah, I mean, look, they came up last season and for me, uh, sorry, the season before that, and they played they played some really you know open, expansive football and they caused teams problems. I think the difference is this season, same coach, you know, um, relatively similar squad, give or take, and I think they've. Um, yeah, you know, they've come unstuck, haven't they? Because teams can work them out. A lot of teams will have played the way they've played, so the less of a surprise to teams this season. So for me, um, it's it's a very winnable game. It's arguably you know the, the easiest game, dare I say it, on paper at the minute uh, in in the league. Um, so from from that standpoint, you'd like to think, even if we do go in on the back of potentially a banana skin uh, job in the week, then we we should still have enough um, to see them off. Um, but, yeah, look, you can never write anybody off. You know, they've got a striker up there on, on a given day. You can score goals. Um, so, let's see. I mean, if you look at the game against Watford, I don't know whether you saw the Watford game. Watford, uh, by far, the better side in that game. Caused them all sorts of problems. Uh, also, if you look at the stats, um, they've conceded the vast majority of their goals um, uh, down there, their left side. Um basically the opposition team right side. So Saar scored a couple of goals. Salah scored a couple of goals against him as well down that side. So if you look at it, they're, they're very weak. They've got Brandon Williams on loan from United, haven't they? Um, he's obviously supposed to be a talent, but I think he's had a really tough start to the season. Um, and certainly those stats back it up.
0: Yeah, I, I think, I mean, both both fullbacks for Norwich, I think, are hearty. Some Brandon Williams is, is quick. He's, he's got a bit of pace about him. Obviously, coming from United, where he's had a bit of exposure in the first team, he's not a bad player. Obviously, Max Aarons, we were heavily linked with in the summer, he's on the right-hand side for them as well. Um, what, one, one weak spot for them, because I thought he was absolutely horrific in the Merseyside derby, is uh, Ozan back. Remember him from that when we played at Liverpool, I Anfield yeah. how poor, yeah. how poor yeah. he was. Um, so, we, he's in the middle with, with, uh, with Grant Hanley. But they've got, they've got a bit of quality. I mean, Billy Gilmore's there on loan from Chelsea. Um, but when you've got, I think, yeah, we've we got so many young players, I suppose, coming into a side that, you know, notoriously they struggle. And, and Marriage are one of those sides, not as if they're surrounded by loads of quality, like, like he is at Chelsea, like Brandon Williams is at Manchester United. It's much more difficult for those younger players to, to really have the freedom to maybe express themselves and, and play the, the natural game. Um, obviously, he always got a goal in him, even at, at, at his age. Um, he, I mean he scored the weekend, but he's he's always a, a bit a bit of a threat. Um but you you've got to hope, Pete, haven't you, that you know, they play Liverpool as we've said already in the League Cup and hopefully they get a bit of a bit of a spanking from them um coming to the game against us. They avoid of any kind of confidence and, and and we can hopefully have a have a bit more of a comfortable afternoon at Goodison Park? Yeah,
1: you'd hope so. I I, I mean I agree with bo- both both of, of you lads. They're extremely poor at the back. Um you know, I've watched a couple of their games this season, and they they look hopeless. They look really, really poor. You know, not only they've got some inexperienced lads in, in that lineup, but they've got a back four that haven't played a lot of football together, and at any level, that you know that counts. That counts for so much. So, hopefully, we can capitalise on it. I suppose you'd say the maybe the one slight concern would be they're going to come to Goodison, and sit back. They're just going to sit back and try and try and at least get a draw. Um, and that's maybe where we have struggled a little bit. You know, we, we seem to be far better hitting teams on the break, looking to counter. Um, and I think they're going to be very, very cautious. So hopefully we, the best thing would be, obviously, if we get an early goal, they have to come out a little bit and we can, we can pick them off some more. Um, and hopefully it's the kind of game where Rondon could really be an asset for us where... You know, if we've got a team that's sat, sat back a lot, we've got a bit of a threat in the middle of the box. I think probably the worst thing for us would be that either he's not available for that game or he doesn't start. And we find ourselves having to break down a team that's very, very deep um, without any sort of real, you know, outlet or target. Um, you know, we've seen it so many times against teams like like Norwich. And I think the Marco Silva game's a perfect example. Yeah. Um, where, you know, actually we at times played a lot of really nice looking football, you know, quick, getting crosses in, but it's all in front of, you know, a a team like Norwich and you need either, uh, you know, a target man or a moment of quality to really break them down. So I'm hopeful, yeah, they get a in on Tuesday and then we can follow it up with an even better one at the weekend.
2: In walks, how much Rodriguez, Pete? Exactly what I was saying before. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's the sort of game that's the sort of game Norwich where arguably you probably are going to have more of the ball, his defensive capabilities in a game like that are going to be less required if you like and he's the type of guy that, that could potentially do some magic in a game like that. It's also the, the sort of game where
1: if we draw or lose and he's on the bench or, or not in the, the squad more questions get answered so exactly, exactly. That's, that doesn't happen as well
2: but he could start for me in that game I think he could start. You no, know, obviously, it depends how fit he is. Obviously, you know, caveat that. But he could certainly get 30 minutes, you know what I mean, uh, in a game like that. And he's the type of guy, as he's shown against certain teams last season, you know, he's the type of guy that can open up those sort of defenses, isn't he? Um, you know, he, he has got that ridiculous guile and that ridiculous technique. And we're talking like top draw level here. You know, we're not just talking like premiership level. We're talking like, you know, world class level in terms of being able to open up defenses with, with a bit of guile. So, um, maybe less so suited to the QPR game, which I expect to be more of a, a physical contest, which won't suit him. And certainly, if he did play against QPR, you could imagine they're being told just go straight through the back of him after two minutes to get the crowd going. Um, so I would imagine the Norwich game, um, where you know they do like to play sort of more pretty tight football, then um, we might have a bit more success with someone like him,
0: yeah. You know, we said already, I think we all know a lot more in regards to Hamas Rodriguez at, at the end of the you know these two fixtures. Um and that'll give us a, a few more answers. But like we've said already, let's hope the club can clarify officially whether they will or they won't is a different matter, but let's hope they can clarify the situation so we can we can stop speculating. It's probably the best the best way of the best way of putting it. Um but that that's us for this week. Um like we said, busy, busy week ahead for the blues, important not as well on the first defeat of the season um, let's let's look ahead to QPR and, and the Norwich game on Saturday and we'll be back ourselves next weekend to look back at those two games and also look ahead to a difficult trip to Old Trafford the following weekend, so we'll catch you then
1: The Unholy Trinity Podcast Three Blues Three Opinions one Evident Podcast.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.